Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 155. Today we're talking about Uniden's close call. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com Patreon or www.scannerschool.com support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie Kay, Edward Dufour, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Jackson Freeman, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Ten Glendie, and William R. Can. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. This podcast is sponsored by our Patreon supporters. Again, thank you, Patreon supporters, for your help to keep Scanner School going. And also, my other website, East Coast Pagers, your emergency alerting specialist. You can catch us at eastcoastpagers.com. So again, if this is your first week joining us for a class or if you're a weekly listener, welcome to this week's podcast. And today we are talking about Unidin's close call. Now, if you are a Radio Shack, GRE, or Whistler user, don't fear. We've got you covered next week. But this week, we're keeping it just to Unidin's close call. Makes it easier for people to find the exact podcast you're looking for. But again, we're going to put these head-to-head also after we're done wrapping this up. So keep your ears out for that one as well. So again, going back to the topic here, we're talking about close call. And this is uh, an option that is pretty much on just about every one of Unidin's current radio offerings. Not every single one, like the clock radios, the 355s. Those don't have close call enabled on them, but anything that has DMA in it or even the SR30C, right? Let me take a look at it right here just so I could double check it with you guys as I'm talking to you. Yes, I can see it right here on this radio. As you can tell, ad-libbing off the script. <laughs> so we are uh, we're double checking things here on the fly. But yes, most of Uniden's radios do include a close call call feature in it and i'm actually trying to remember when close call first came about and i'm thinking it was around the time frame 
of the Uniden BC246T, which would have put, what was it, probably an early version of the BCT15 was the radio, I guess, the mobile radio at the time. And, uh, you know, the, the early versions of DMA scanning, I remember playing with that on my BR330T and, and whatnot. And it's, it's a really cool way of finding out close frequencies that are close to you and that are also very strong. So what close call is not? This is something we need to clear and clarify right off the bat. So close call is not a solution for finding frequencies while you are traveling. Close call doesn't work over large distances or on weak signals. This is why it's called close call. Now, again, going off the script here and being a little ad lib here, as I'm saying these words here, I can very, very, very aware of my New York and Long Island accent here. You can't say close and call without sounding like I am where I am. So I apologize when I'm saying close call. <laughs> I'm saying close call. Bear with me as we go through this podcast. I apologize. and Actually, I don't apologize in advance for my, for my accent, <laughs> but it is, in my terms, close call. Get used to it. All right. So say you're traveling through, I don't know, an unknown town while you're on a road trip, right? Now, I'm stuck on this, to be honest with you, with the close call. But anyway, so... Again, say you're traveling through an area, you don't know where you where you're traveling through. You never you never actually scan these areas, right? Close call won't help you monitor the local agencies. It won't help you pick up the local police, the local fire, the local DOTs, anything like that, unless you were driving right next to an officer or a road crew or something like that, or pulled up to an accident scene, right? Close call isn't for those kinds of scenarios. Close call is not a spectrum analyzer, but it works very similar to that in that it finds the strongest signal over a set threshold inside the scanner over the noise floor that the scanner is also picking up. So basically, it's got to be X strong plus one plus the noise floor is, I guess, is a, is a mathematical way of, of figuring this one out. But uh, it works basically like the name on the tin says right? It's for close communications. And we're talking about a couple of hundred feet line of sight tops. And we're going to talk about this in one second. So so then how exactly do we use close call if it's not for finding the local police and local fire and all that kind of stuff? Well, in my situation here, I'll give you three examples on how I have used close call in the past. Where I live... I am not too far at all from a local airport. It's Republic Airport in Farmingdale, New York. And I'm also a couple of blocks north of a state parkway and also a couple of blocks to the east of a, an expressway. So I have quite a few major roadways. I've got aviation overhead. And also what's interesting too is that when you've got major parkways sometimes too they're also used as routes locally across long island here where you find helicopters flying back and forth east and west from they travel the rich folks from to and from work in the morning so so here's the deal right when you have parkways and you've got situations like this sometimes you'll have an accident on the roadway sometimes you'll find out that you've got a traffic copter flying overhead Sometimes you may find out you've got more than one traffic helicopter flying overhead when something really goes bad. Well, 
when I see a helicopter hovering overhead and staying there for quite quite some time, I will put my scanner on close call mode. Nine times out of ten, I will pick up something from that helicopter, whether they are talking to each other or they are talking back towards base or doing something, right? Because it's line of sight, I can see that helicopter out of my living room window, basically. I can hear it flying. I can see it. So the scanner is line of sight to it. It is close enough. That will work. Don't forget, too, they're overhead. So this changes the mathematical equation of how far close call will work in this scenario. So let's skew this up a little bit. I remember... Uh, it was around Christmas time, so it was this time of year, a couple of years back, there was a weird-looking blimp, not like a Goodyear blimp, but something that looked like it was blown up in somebody's backyard. And, I mean, it was a commercial blimp. It was used for an event, and they were trying to fly back in towards Republic Airport. Again, not too far from me. And remember, a lot of the airlines, or a lot of the, the planes and stuff, not pl- so much planes, but helicopters, use, they fly over the parkway, right? It's their route in. Well, for some reason, there was a strong headwind that day, and the blimp was just hovering for a long, long time. And you can hear the engines accelerating and pulling back again, and this blimp was diving and going up and down. You could tell he was trying to find a current or something that would that would free him of his headwind. And he was up there for a while, and you could tell something was not right. So again, I grab the scanner, throw it in close call. What do I hear? I hear the pilot talking to his ground spotters. I hear him talking to the tower. I hear him calling out locations on the ground. And I'm thinking, this is getting interesting. Why is he calling out locations on the ground? Finally, I hear the pilot of the blimp say, there's a school down below of the ball field. I'm going to ditch there. And that's exactly what he did. He took that play. He took the blimp down into a ball field because he couldn't make it back to the airport. Now, it was a safe landing and whatnot, but again, this was this was pretty interesting. Now, again, I saw it because, again, I heard the blimp in my living room. I could see it out my window. So the scanner is line of sight to what was going on. Again, this is how it works. So my third example and one of my, my favorite examples and how I've used close call, and I've, I've used close calls in other ways as well. But, uh, you know, I'll give you a bonus one. I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes for today, but I'll give you a bonus one as well. But the third example, my favorite, is uh, during Fleet Week. And Fleet Week kind of uh, is Memorial Day weekend here in New York, New York City area. And not only do we have the Jones Beach Air Show, which I absolutely love, but we also have, you know, with Fleet Week, we have military comes comes into town. So the Marines, U.S. Marines, are coming in. They have a a demo unit that comes in, and they do their own little skit, right? The helicopter's flying overhead. Marines will, will... rope down and go into formation and clear the landing area and then the helicopters will come in and land right and it's it's great i mean it's it's pretty exciting to see them do their stuff but when i take my scanner these things and i put my scanner into close call mode what happens well i can hear the helicopters communicating with each other i can hear them talking to the ground spotters you don't hear the helicopters it's very interesting you don't hear the helicopters but you can hear them on the scanner and after a couple of years of this, the PA systems will be patched in so everybody can hear what was going on. And, of course, I can hear it on the scanner before you hear the helicopters, so you know it's the right frequency and all that stuff. But it's very cool to be able to hear that and hear what's going on. So the bonus way I've used close call is, uh, of course, Long Island is an island, right? 
So there's a couple of times I'd end up down at the beach and you could see several fishing vessels, commercial fishing vessels out there. These are the party types, right? Where they, they, um, they chaperone you out into the water or you, you know, you book a three hour tour type of deal, right? And they take you out fishing. And what ends up happening is uh, you'll be out there at the beach and you got the scanner in hand type of deal. And you'll actually hear the captains of the boats talking to each other, right? So when they're dropping down and, and, and their customers are fishing, the captains are communicating, but they're not within the marine band. They are just slightly above it in the marine band, not where you'd expect to see them. But with close call, I was able to very easily and quickly find where they were talking. And of course, they were all talking together. So uh, again, they were also sharing where they were catching and where they weren't catching because, you know, everybody wants to have fun when they're out in a boat like that. So nobody wants to get skunked and, and say, well, that boat's catching everything. How come we're not, right? So of course, the, the captains all work kind of together here because they're not really working on a quota. They're working on just taking people out and having fun. So again, these are all different ways that I have used close call in the past. So again, you don't really use a close call when you're on a road trip. You would use it when you want to find something close by. Now, what time of year is this right now, right? We're in December timeframe. When would you be someplace right now where there might be some, I don't know, we, we call bubble packed radios or plastic box radios, FRS radios, right? Well, it's shopping time. And if you're brave enough to go to a mall or go to an area that there's a lot of stores, or even if you just go to a, an area that has one store, you know, has these radios, Close call may be fun there as well. Think about it. You know, you've got kids or a wife and, and you're stuck dragging the bags or sitting holding coats like that. You know, a scanner on close call mode, you don't know what you're going to hear. It's a really interesting time to do something with close call mode. And it's an exciting way to actually break into it if you haven't done it already. So there's a couple of different methods of using close call and we're going to hit those in just one moment. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com slash support before you make your purchases and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Reader user should at least 
put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back to the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out-of-the-box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, Phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. So close call may have different options on your scanner, depending on which scanner you have. And again, I believe at this point, most of the scanners that support close call all have these three features on them as well. So it's not not something that might be a missing feature here. But there's three, three main ways that you can set your scanner for close call. You've got close call only. You've got close call priority. And you've got close call do not disturb. These are all pretty much self-explanatory. But there's some extra things into close call we have to worry about before we can get into there. I'm just going to dog you that for a second. So close call, when you go into the menus, you can go into the search close call settings of your scanner. And you can actually set the bands that you want to turn on close call or enable close call for. For example, when I'm scanning or looking for, I'm sorry, scanning is a bad choice of words there. When I say I'm looking for that blimp or the helicopters flying overhead, I am going to just enable the aviation band in my close call settings. If I was looking for the Marines in the demo unit, well, I would have the uh, Miller section enabled, right? Might be, include UHF at that point. When I'm looking for the Fisher fishing boats, right? I want the VHF spectrum on because I want to make sure I can hear them in the VHF range. 
Who knows? Maybe now they're using FRS radios. I don't know. But if I don't enable it, I'm never going to find them. So you can turn things off and on in your close call settings that would add to or take away from your success rate of using close call. You can also set up close call to automatically store the frequencies that it is receiving. That's always cool because you can now log the frequencies as they come in and add them into a scan list. So if you know it's an active close call station of a frequency, boom, add them to a scan list. Or they can be added to a search range as well. So basically you can go into like a, like a search and, and store or um, scan with, with, the, with the close calls, basically what I'm trying to say here. So when you go back into your scan rate or your, your scan banks, you can have it pick up the close call hits as well. So there's there's some interesting ways you can use close call when it comes to using your scanner. So let's talk about the three main though close close call modes that you want to be in in order to enable close call. So the first we talked about was just plain Jane close call. This is when you put the scanner in that mode and it's doing nothing other than being a close call receiver. It doesn't do anything else. In this here, too, you can also adjust the bands you're going to monitor as well. When a close call is hit, you'll say, hey, close call found, hit E, and it will show you the frequency on the display and ask you if you want to log it usually if you don't have the auto log turned on. Now, again, your scanner can do nothing else but close call when it is in this function mode here. Typically, I may use it like this because I'm not worried about scanning or searching if I just want close call. The second one is close call priority. This one I find to be the pain in the neck close call mode, which a lot of people accidentally put their scanners into this close call mode. And they say, hey, how come all of a sudden I'm picking up a radio station? Now, here's a little asterisk for you, too. Lots of times FM broadcast stations can trigger a close call because they put out so much power, and sometimes you're close enough to it that the scanner is fooled by this and will trigger a close call on an FM broadcast station. Think FM radio. Typically, I, I uh, make sure I don't have that in my close call banks. But again, people will ask, hey, how come my scanner all of a sudden gets a radio station or it gets a frequency I don't have in memory or every two seconds it's dropping what I'm listening to, goes silent, and then all of a second here I want to listen to again. Well, because close call priority mode basically works like the priority in your scanner for just regular priority or even weather priority mode. Every two seconds, it's going to stop listening to what it's listening to, go into priority mode, which in this case would be close call mode, look to see if there's anything that it's close to, and then go right back into scanning. So you're always going to get that picket fencing or the right? As it as it uh, comes in and out of scanning into close call and back into scanning mode again. I always find this mode to be a real pain in the neck, and a lot of people accidentally enable it because they, like on the handhelds, they rest their fingers on the side of the of the of the radio, and of course, viewed it in in like the the BR three thirties, the three forty sixes, even the three ninety sixes. The function button was on the side of the scanner. You could pick it up, accidentally press the button, then you push the button on the front of the keypad that worked as the close call mode, and you'd accidentally enable close call mode on your scanner, which was a headache for a lot of people. And the third mode, though, is close call do not disturb or close call DND. Close call DND basically means that the scanner will not go into close call mode while the current frequency or talk group is active. This eliminates the picket fencing or the constant two-second drop carrier that you get when you're in priority mode 
but you may miss close call because you're not in priority mode and you have to wait for the current transmission to cease in order to go into close call mode. Out of all three, my favorite would probably just be close call mode because I want to have more control over the scanner. I typically don't use close call priority. I would probably just go into close call DND or close call do not disturb if I really needed to scan or search with my close call mode. So there you have basically what close call is on your scanner. Does not is not a substitute for searching. Again, we've we've said before the secrets are in the searches. This is to help you with searching, right? It's not really going to help you all that well when it comes to finding trunk systems or anything that's that's pretty far from you. It's one of those deals you've got to be close by, strong enough, and whatnot. So use it in conjunction with your searches in order to find what might be close by. Now, again, too, you may find out that you are in a shopping mall and you are picking up things on search modes, but your close call never hit. Well, because the thresholds to say that it was close enough or strong enough was never triggered inside the scanner. Now, again, too, changing out your antenna, your height, the height of what you're trying to receive, the, the power levels, right? These are all different things that will affect how well or how poorly Close call may work on your scanner. So as I said before, if you are using a Whistler, a GRE, or a Radio Shack scanner, don't worry. We've got you covered next week with the Signal Stalker and the Zeromatic Tuning. That's going to come next week. So we wanted to split this podcast up, not to make it too long, but you know, we figured a three-part series would be great because in the end, we can compare which one is actually the best. Stay tuned for that. So again, how did we do? Let us know. You can go to to our website, leave a comment there and also look at the session notes, scannerschool.com slash session 155. Remember, you can also join us for that weekly Zello Nets. It's uh, usually every Tuesdays, but we've been a little bit lax on that. You can go to scannerschool.com slash Zello to find out more about that net. And again, if you're subscribed to the podcast, please make sure you share the podcast with somebody. I love teaching about the scanner radio hobby and I need your help to help me reach more people. So if you know somebody who would benefit from the podcast, please share the podcast with them. So again, my name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.